that is when you take a look at your calendar and um, and you really define your time of what you're doing when and um, creating systems around when you're doing the grocery shopping, when you're doing the play dates. And for me, um, in, in setting your priorities of what those are. So it's like... Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. Welcome to the last week of April. It feels like the last two months have lasted for about two years. It's been such a crazy couple of weeks. Yesterday, we celebrated my youngest daughter's fourth birthday, and in two more days, we'll be celebrating my oldest daughter's eighth birthday. Yep, their birthdays are just three days apart. And while it breaks my heart that they are celebrating their birthdays, not in the way they would choose to. We are not having a party We're not having friends and family over. We are going to host a virtual birthday party with some of their friends. We've sent out little packages for their friends to open at the time of the party where they're going to have nail polish and facial kits and just fun stuff like girly things for them to do. But I know it's not the same as they would want it to be, but we're just doing the best that we can. And I'm curious to know how all of you other moms out there are doing. How are things going? What tricks, what hacks, what fun things have you found to do with your kids that helps you either A, get things done during the day, B, spend more time with your kids, or C, just keep your sanity? And I don't just mean the alcohol. Trust me, I have had my share of wine and vodka nights. But what other things are you doing that are helping to allow your family to feel normal, allow the kids to feel like this is just a normal part of their lives, even though we all know that it's not. And there are times I look back and think, how are they going to remember this time? I mean, my kids are only four and eight, and I know that my four-year-old probably won't remember a whole lot. My eight-year-old will. And it makes me wonder, how are they going to remember this time? What are they going to look back in 10 or 15 years and think of this time period in their life as? It's just, it's interesting. So today we're continuing our Mom Boss series, and I'm chatting with Amy Hahn. Amy Hahn is the founder and creator of Creating Capacity. She's on a mission to lighten the mental load of motherhood, which I know we could all use right now. And she wants to help women create capacity in their lives so they have space for more. And today we're talking all about creating systems creating systems in our home, which we could probably use more than now than ever before. So it's perfect timing, but creating systems that allow us to feel like we are accomplishing something in our day, systems that allow us to feel like that we are doing something right. Because Lord knows there are so many days when I don't know if I'm doing anything right anymore. So Hopefully this interview will help give you some clarity, give you some ideas, and just know that you're doing a great job. Even if you feel like you're doing the worst job in the world, I promise you, if you're doing the best that you can right now, you're doing a great job. All right, guys, let's get into my interview with Amy Hahn. Hey guys, really quick before we jump into my interview, I want to remind you of one of our sponsors, Flowdesk. 
Flowdesk is the new email marketing program that I've been using in my photography business, and I cannot say enough great things about it. The templates are beautiful. If you have signed up for any of my photography email lists, you're probably getting some of these new templates in your inbox with the emails I'm sending out, and I just love them. They're simple, but they're elegant, and they are classic, and they're beautiful, and they make your brand stand out. And they have so many built-in templates. It's as easy as just clicking on a template, drag and drop what you want in there, and you're good to go. And of course, if you like just the simple plain text email, they can do that for you as well. One of the best things about Flowdesk, and the number one reason I switched, is that they will never charge you more based on how many subscribers you have. One of the things I hated about the other email providers I had been with before was that as my list grew, which is what you want your business to do, the price grew as well. And while my list was growing, I was being charged more every time I got new subscribers, and it was really frustrating. But Flowdesk is not that way. They have one price no matter the size of your list. And as a listener of the Girl Means Business podcast, you get half off for life of your Flowdesk account. So head over to bit.ly forward slash GMB Flowdesk, that's F-L-O-D-E-S-K, or just scroll down and click the link in the show notes and get half off your lifetime subscription to Flowdesk and start sending out gorgeous emails that your audience is going to be excited to open. All right, guys, let's get to today's interview. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. Yeah, we're so excited you're here and I have tons of things we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, I always like to ask my guests to tell me a little bit about who you are, talk about your journey through entrepreneurship or to get to where you are today. And let's just start there. Great. Okay. So I started my first business six years ago. I um, had been an executive assistant for over 10 years and we had our little boy. I did the full-time working mom thing for a couple years, but, um, transitioned to be at home. I knew that, um, financially for us long-term that, I, that, you know, we were going to need some supplemental income and that we couldn't just do it forever on one income, but we just thought for a season, um, I'm going to do that. And I really wanted some time to enjoy my little guy, but also um, to figure out what came next because I knew that corporate America, what I was doing was not going to be the right fit for me long-term to be the kind of mom I wanted to be. Uh, so I thought I would start some kind of business. Uh, I And I had a ton of ideas. I Because of what I'd done, I'd done a bunch of event planning and project management And I thought, you know, I would do some sort of event planning, but the thing that was hard is, I mean, our finances were tight. Mm -hmm. And so to do some kind of service-based industry where I would need to, you know, not charge very much at first and build up a customer base and also need childcare in the meantime, like that was just hard to figure out. We didn't have any family nearby. So, um, and we were looking to move. So we were in the Northern Virginia area. We were moved, trying to move to Florida to be near family, which is where we live now. Um, so anyway, so all these things that, that made sense, 
just didn't seem like they were the right fit for that season mm-hmm. of life. And so I actually um, decided to start a home-based business with a company called Rodin and Fields. And, um, you know, it's funny because it seemed very outside of my like skill set. I never did anything sales related. I wasn't super passionate about skincare. Um, it's a skincare company, but I just was intrigued by the opportunity and something about it, it, it more than anything, it just worked for that season of life that it was super right. flexible. I could, you know, um, work it around, my, my son, if he was sick, you know, it wasn't a big deal. If there were snow days, it wasn't a big deal. Like I could be in control. So for six years I did that. Um, and you know, it's, I learned so much in the process, like so, so much. I, um, more than anything, I learned that I really like to be an entrepreneur. I never want to work for anyone else. Um, and that I want to work. Um, I think there's kind of, at first, I kind of thought, you know, I, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I want to make a paycheck. And I think in the, through the, that um, process of really building my business and really developing grit and, you know, learning the disciplines of being self-employed, I, I realized I, I really enjoy, enjoy working. I want to use my gifts and skills. I want to be the best version of myself. And I'm a better mom when I have in, that outlet. Um, because that was just a real, really important to learn. And in the process over those six years, um, we had secondary infertility for most of it. Um, I became a, we became foster parents. Um, we just in September adopted our foster son, Frank, after two and a half years. Um, and then I got pregnant. So now (laughs) I have three kids and I'm running two businesses. I've just started this new business, um, called creating capacity because, um, one of the things I learned in building my business and, and in coaching other people, you know, I've coached hundreds of women in Meriden and Fields business to help them start businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that I love helping people. Um, but I've learned that for so many people, the challenge is really the time issue. Like how do you find time? Because mom life will take, if, if you, if you aren't intentional with how you spend your days and what you say yes to, and what your priorities are, then mom life will take your, your, all of your life. Um, oh, yeah. just the laundry and the dishes and the, you know, the never ending cycle. Um, and so I've am building this new business, creating capacity to empower women to, um, make strategic decisions about how they spend their time so that they have capacity for more. Oh, what, what, what a great what, what story. So, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So funny side note is I actually did Rodan and Fields for a while too. I thought that like, I've always been into skincare. I worked for a uh-huh. clinic in college. I was a consultant with them. I would travel to different stores and do promotional events. And I got really into skincare. I thought I wanted to go into dermatology for a while. Yeah. And so when I had my oldest daughter and I was like, I, I was teaching full time. I was like, I I want to be, I want to be home with her, but I need money. Uh I got into Rodan and Fields and I just learned very quickly that sales is not my thing. (laughs) I I was kind of the opposite. Like I love skincare and that's what drew me to Rodan and Fields. And I loved helping women feel good about themselves because I know for me, a big source of my confidence comes from you know, having good skin and glowing skin. And, And even like the days I don't put on makeup, knowing that I I look good and feel good. That helps Mm -hmm. me in tons. I wanted other women to feel that way, but the sales part of it, and I just could not get behind pushing somebody else's 
bottom line. Like I knew I wanted to spend that time doing something that was my own. So I still love the products, but, um, but yeah, like it was kind of my stepping stone to building my own business sort of like yours. And so it's funny that we have a little connection there, but I love everything you said. You have such an incredible story and the fact that you're doing it all with three kids and you've been through so much and you're moving, you know, the move that you did and, and having, that's one thing I know a lot of people struggle with is not having family nearby and having that support system. We are very fortunate that we have both our parents close by to help out with our kids. But I know a lot of people that don't have that. And I'm like, oh, that's so difficult because yeah, you, you don't have that quick, easy, like, Hey, can you come watch my kids for an hour while I go meet with a client? You know, that it's hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk today, I think a little bit about, like you said, sort of finding that those routines and those things that are going to help you do all the things because as women, as moms, we think, okay, I need to be able to be with my kids. I need to be able to be mom, but sort of like what you said too, was that I, I knew I didn't want to be a full-time stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. I have all the respect in the world for those women who want to do that. I want to run a business. I want to work. I want to feel like I'm in control of something. I want to feel like I'm able to support my family. Um, I, I love that. I truly love what I do and I can't imagine not doing that, but there is that weight of, am I sacrificing my family for something that feels selfish sometimes? Mm-hmm. And so what advice do you have when, when, when you talk to women who are like, okay, I want to do all the things, but how do I do them all without feeling like I am hurting my children or giving away up time with them or with my husband or whatever, whoever it might be. How do you kind of coach women through that? Yeah. Well, I think that first thing, that place you started is for a lot of women, the first place, you know, just coming to that decision of like, no, I do want to work. Cause I think there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of, you know, I should want to do this. And I should, you know, I feel like that, like whenever, <laughs> and this has been a journey, like whenever I get asked to like go on a field trip, I'm like, I really do not want to go on a yes! field trip. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Now I have a baby and it's like so complicated. So I'm like, I got to arrange a babysitter. I'm like, go on a field trip. So I'm like, but I think at first when I was a brand new mommy, like, you know, I'm like, of course I'm going to want to go on all the field trips, you know? And then I'm like, you know, I want a job that'll let me go on the field trip. So now I'm like, I don't really want to. So not, not that it's all about me. Sometimes, you know, as a mom, you just got to show up and do the thing. Right. And now I've got three kids, so I can't do all the things for all the people, you know? Right, right. Um, because if I was just going on field trips all the time, you know, Libby doesn't have field trips yet. But you know what I mean? Big right. picture down the road. So I think part of it is being able to, like, understand yourself and your gifts and, um in, in, and going through, it's a mindset shift of being able to know like, okay, yes, I know that I'm a better mom when I have time to work. And, um, and I think it's really important to have your spouse on board with mm-hmm. you with that too. Um, and for me, I think something that is, that I think is a really important place to start is just with time blocking. And that's helped me 
tremendously being able to make decisions about those things, you know, those ancillary things. Cause there's all, you know, there's the main tasks of motherhood, like the, okay. Um, the laundry and, and each family is different and how mm-hmm. they, you know, divvy up their tasks and who does what. But I think, um, I think the light, the mental load, so much of it's mental, so much of it's that shame. So much of it is that, you know, those messages that you feel like I should. And, and sometimes people legitimately have family members who are not supportive, you know, moms or sisters or cousins or mother-in-laws who are like, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. So that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. I think it's, it's, it's so different for every woman because um, what you have to go through is different. But I think time blocking is, um, and with creating capacity, that's the first thing that we're going to start focusing on is really time blocking. And that is when you take a look at your calendar and, um, and you really define your time of what you're doing when mm-hmm. and um, creating systems around when you're doing the grocery shopping, when you're doing the play dates. And for me, um, and, and setting your priorities of what those are. So it's like whether, you know, what, what are the habits of your family? And, and, um, and again, that's going back to what do you want? Like, what do you want your mom work life to look like? what do you want your family life to look like? What do you want your goal? You know, do you want to be going to church regularly? Do you want to, is your kid going to be doing, you know, sports this many days a week? And it's really, I think, empowering women to look back, to to step back and look at all the things because it, it all affects it. You know, how many um, sports you're going to let your kids do, how many, um, you know, if you're going to have dinner with people so many nights a week, if you're going to say yes to the PTA, like, all these commitments, we have to step back and look proactively at all of these things. Because if not, we're just saying yes and committing to all these things, then of course, there's no time and energy Mm -hmm. left, you know, or if you just think like, oh, well, I mean, my kids in sports, six days a week, and it, and whatever it is, we all have these different things, we all have control of our lives and how we spend our time. But I think for me, looking at the calendar and actually fitting it in is the Mm -hmm. best place to start because it empowers you to say no and say, okay, if I'm committing that I'm going to build a business and I'm going to work, um, you know, two hours, like you're going to find the chunks of time and you're going to hold it. And then you're going to know, okay, like maybe I'm going to have to give up watching This Is Us or I'm going to have to, instead of working out for two hours a day, I'm going to work out for 30 minutes or Whatever it is, like it helps you to, for me, it's empowered me to say no to things, to know, you know, when I can do the field trip, when I can't do the field trip, because I, you you only have so many hours in a day. So, yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing for me has been saying no to things. And I think as a, specifically as a woman, I don't think men have this problem. I don't want to stereotype or categorize necessarily. I think there are men out there who do, but I think women and moms especially have a really hard time saying no to things and no to our children mm-hmm. because of fear. We're afraid of whatever the consequence might be. And just in the past couple of years, and I know, I think it's Rachel Hollis has said this, where she's talked about how she does like a calendar audit every year where she sits down and she looks at the calendar from the last year and she goes through like, what were the things that brought me joy? What were the things that that didn't she kind of Marie Kondo's her calendar yeah. and she's like, okay, if it's from now on, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And mm-hmm. she is really good about making sure that, um, hang on one second. It's, it's fine. 
you need to go eat and close the door. (laughs) Again, working home from with kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the apple had a brown spot, heaven forbid. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Rachel Hollis has this, you know, she does this calendar audit where she just really looks at what it is that she wants to allow into her life. Cause for a long time, she'll say, she was like, I was just saying yes to anything and everything that came my way. And I felt overwhelmed and I felt exhausted and I was resentful and I dreaded these things. And when she finally was like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And mm-hmm. I try really hard to, to do that in my own life. And I find that like a perfect example is my oldest daughter, who's seven, is super athletic. She's really into sports. She does everything from like, it's constant. It's soccer right into basketball, into softball, and then it's volleyball and camps in the summer. And I want her to do those things. I want her to, because I played sports growing up and I know how powerful that can be. But at the same time, I'm like, it's exhausting for us scheduling wise. I'm like, you can do one sport at a time. You can't do multiple. And eventually you're going to have to pick maybe a fall and a spring and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I, because we live in a very small town, they will, you know, it's through our school district, which is a very small school. And they'll send out, you know, like we need volunteers. And so recently I got the text of like, Hey, will you coach the basketball team this year? Because we need more coaches. And the voice inside of me really wanted to say, yeah, I'll do it because I felt guilty. I felt like I, I needed to, there was that, if we don't have coaches, we won't have a team and your kids don't get to play. And it was that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, I told my husband, I was like, I am going to feel terrible if me saying no prevents them from playing, but I'm going to feel even more terrible if I say yes. And then I resent everything for it and I hate it and I'm miserable and all those things. So for me, the saying no has been a huge thing. And in my business, I've had to say no to clients that weren't a good fit. I've learned to say no to events that I don't have time for, even though I know that they're good events. I've had to say no to even little things like, no, I'm not going to schedule sessions on Sundays. That's, I'm just not, that's my family time. And once I started doing those things, not only did I feel better, but people were able to respect those boundaries a little bit more. But I think the hardest no has been saying no to my kids. Yes. Yeah. But they need that. Yeah, they do need it. And I think it, you know, I've made a shift too, because it's like, I used to feel like, I mean, my kids know, you know, now I'm building the second business. I'm working, you know, really hard. And like, but like, we let the kids in on that, you know, like they know that mommy is building a business like this, just this morning, we were on the way to school and our little four-year-old Frankie is like, mommy, I want to play games after school. Uh, you, you play games. He's like, will you have any work to do mommy? You know, and I was like, I think I was like, I'm going to work hard to get all my work done so we can mm-hmm. play this afternoon. So what I try to do is I try to keep like from three to eight, like my schedule, but then I might, or it's really like three to seven and I might like do some stuff in the, in the, the weekend, but, but still like, yeah, you know, Frankie also asked me, he's like, mommy, can you pick me up today? You know, mm-hmm. after lunch, he's a pre-K. So like oh, we yeah. can't for him to stay till like three, but I could pick him up earlier. And that's, you know, one of those things. And I was like, you know, honey, I'm sorry, mommy has to work, but you know, there's there, um, that's where, you know, if I was working full time, you know, I would always be saying yeah. no, yeah. you know, if I was working in a desk, but now I think especially there's women who are trying to build businesses from home that um, 
you know, you feel like there's this guilt, but I was like, if you were working full time, like I get to say yes so much more than I would, you know, mm-hmm. I get to say, yeah, I get to say yes. I said yes to the board games, but I said no to picking them up early because, you know, I want to, this is like, oh. I have my mom watches the baby. So that's okay. another thing. Um, also, like another thing is just to learn to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, we do now have family nearby. And so now I have the baby. And so looking at my my schedule and time blocking, like I was able to ask, I actually asked my, my mother-in-law and my mom, I asked if they'd each take one day. Um, and she, she sleeps most of the time, but you know, it gave me a concentrated time of work. And I, mm-hmm. with my ordinary business, I never had that. I never had like big chunky chunks of time, but with this, what I'm doing now, I feel like I need it. And, um, so anyways, being able to do the time blocking and planning helped me ask for that time and knowing that today is my concentrated time to work and to get stuff done and, and to, you know, really do more like writing and kind of more thoughtful stuff. I didn't feel bad about saying no to Frank. It helped me, right? And, you know, to say no. Um, so anyway, so yeah, saying, and it's, it's still hard, but I think you just have, it's just that mindset of having to remember mm-hmm. and knowing that like, I want my kids to be so proud that I have a business and it's not. And again, like you said before, it's like that mindset set of saying, I do want to build a business. I want them to be so proud of what mommy is building right? and, and not like dismissive of this business that I have. Um, so stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Well, I think one thing you said kind of made me think of something too about the fact that, you know, asking for help. I I know a lot of women who are working from home, building businesses. And a lot of times if you ask them like, why did you do that? Why did you decide to, to start a business from home? Or why did you decide to quit your nine to five to work from home? They're going to say, I wanted more time with my kids. Yeah. And, but that also leads into, well, now I feel like I can't ask for, for help, or I can't put them in a daycare, or I can't, you know, block off time for myself because I'm doing this because I want to spend more time with the kids. So why would I send my kid off to somebody else? I know I struggled with that. When I quit teaching the first year and I was home and I had, I think my daughter was, she was one at the time. And so my oldest one had just started kindergarten. My little one was one. And I felt awful asking for help. Like I felt so guilty 
even though it was my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law or my mother-in-law, my mom and my dad. And I was like, ah, can you watch her for just a couple hours so I can get work done? And luckily my, my parents are super supportive and they know what I'm doing and they, they are a hundred percent behind me on it. I felt the guilt of saying, I need to block this time to do mm-hmm. these things. And that means me having somebody else watch my child. But I think it's just, it's a mindset. Like you said, you have to just get over the fact that one, not worrying about what anybody else thinks about it. This is your business and your life and your family. And two, knowing that if you can block that one day, it frees up the rest of your week or the, the next two or three days to do the, spend that time with your kids. Absolutely. Like this week, like next week, my kids are off. And so I was mm-hmm. talking to my mom this morning and she was like, do you need help next week? And I was like, well, we were planning, we we're taking them to the zoo one day, go to the science center. So I'm like, that is like, I get to spend all next week with them. I don't, it's okay that we're, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be around to spend time with them today. But yeah, that definitely was a mindset shift. And I think that, you know, family can play a huge role in that. I think it's so important to be in relationships with other women that feel this way. Cause I think depending yeah. on, um, you know, when I, we moved to Melbourne, we live in Melbourne, Florida, it's a small town. And it was really hard because there's a lot of women who don't, who don't have the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. go-getter passion that I do. And so being connected with women, that's one of the reasons why I started creating capacity is because I think, you know, we, the, all those thoughts, feelings are so normal and different people have different situations and different pressures. And we all have some, some personalities are just more inclined to care what other people think than others. And that's a really good thing that you're, makes you really compassionate and kind, mm-hmm. but it also makes it hard sometimes to make those, to do those things. But, you know, I also think like, if you don't have family nearby, um, like just asking for another mom, like maybe there's someone else who's in the same boat that you could like switch off with and yeah, that do a trade. Like, yeah. Yeah. That you like, you take them on Mondays or you do. And, and it doesn't have to be for people pursuing work. Like it could, you know, maybe that's just volunteering or whatever. Or you just need, if you're just in the very beginning and you're like, I have no idea, like just to go to Starbucks and like journal and <laughs> yeah. think and dream about what you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. like we, you've got to have friends that, um, you can, talk about this stuff with. And, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes if you, cause sometimes, you know, I'll just be honest, I have friends, especially girls on my team who their family members were the most discouraging, you know, are judgmental about like they needed to be at home. They needed to be happy to be at home. And if they weren't like that was, there was something wrong with them. So it's like, it, if a family member isn't helpful, then maybe you especially you, you look for a friend that you could like, yeah. If if financials is is um thing, the other thing I was gonna say is as in my Rodanian Fields business, one of there's a couple women who um you know built Rodanian Fields businesses, and one of their financial goals was still to be able to pay for daycare, and it wasn't about um they wanted to have the flexibility, so mm-hmm. like their kids, go, you know, they're able to know themselves, and for me, I was like, wow, like just to be able to be that empowered to feel like. Yeah. It's okay if your kids still go to daycare, if that's the yeah. right situation for your family. If they still, go, you know, she, what she did, this one friend in particular, she like picked, she'd have a play date with them on Friday, on Wednesdays, they would go do something fun until they all started kindergarten. They would go do something fun and that was like their play date. And then she was really intentional about not doing any work around the kids. So she was able to set better boundaries. So um, you just have to figure out what works for you and not mm-hmm. worry about what other people think. And I know yeah. people that's easier said than done. But. Well, and I think too, like you mentioned earlier about, you know, really figuring out what your 
what your life looks like. You know, what does your family life look like? What does your work life look like? What do you, what is it that you want? And I think that ties in a little bit to, you know, personality types too. And the fact that like knowing, knowing how you work as a person. So for me, I know that like I get up in the morning and my time, like I get up and drop my daughter off at school and then I get, um, typically I try to have like gym time a couple days a week where I go to the gym and my youngest one loves it because they have childcare there and the little childcare lady paints her nails and fixes her hair and they play games. So it's her, it's fun time for her too. And she's around other kids and, and then I get my me time and then she and I will go do something. We'll run errands. Even if it's something as simple as, Hey, it's Monday, we're going to the grocery store, but it's that time together. I know that I work my best in the afternoons and evenings and the part I've struggled with is that like, I honestly, I do my best work from like five to nine, which Mm -hmm. sadly that is the time when everybody else wants my attention. (laughs) So my husband and I have had to work around that, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's the, for whatever reason, that's the time of day when I feel inspired, I feel motivated. Mm -hmm. I'm like on it. I'm ready to do all the things but it's also the time when there's dinner and there's homework and there's kids and there's a husband coming home from work that wants my attention and there's Netflix and all these things that we want to do together. So we've had to kind of schedule out where I say, okay, I need at least one or two nights a week where I can go in the office. I can close the door. You're in charge of dinner. You're in charge of bed and bath time. And I can just get things done. And if that, if one night I'm not feeling it and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm like last night I came home. I was exhausted. I've just, it's just a crazy time of year. And I was like, you know what? I'm laptops off, turning off my phone. We're going to just all lounge on the couch and watch a Disney movie together and not even think about anything else. And then tomorrow night I can have my work night. So we're flexible with that, but we have kind of done what you've said and put in the work of this is what works for us. And it may not work for everybody else, but that's how we make it work. And I, and I, a lot of women look at other people and I see this a ton in Facebook groups. They'll go into Facebook mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm struggling with this. How did you make this work? And I think that's great to ask for advice, but mm-hmm. I also think it's a little bit harmful in some ways because now you are asking somebody else to tell you how to handle your schedule. And it's, there's a difference between people asking for advice and how do you do it versus this is how it should be for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's every different because different, we different personalities need different accountability. You Mm -hmm. know, some people, um, are better like we, yeah, we're just all different. And that's one of my visions with green capacity is making it about, you know, empowering you to decide what works for you. You know, Mm -hmm. here's some, like curating some options, like here's some ideas and then let's brainstorm, you know, have a community where you can brainstorm things and then find a solution and then implement it. But yeah, there's not a one, a one size fits all and different people have different goals. You know, some women want to build a six figure business. Some people are just looking, you know, for a hobby craft, you know, they're building something that's just kind of fun and, you know, making it huge isn't their motivation. So it's like, it's all different. Um, but I think what you're saying that the conversation with your spouse is super important. Um, you know, we have that, um, and, doing the time blocking is super helpful for, so that I know, okay, I'm like, okay, well, if I've got this Monday block, I've got this Wednesday block. And then I've got, you know, like a Saturday I've asked my husband, I'm like, it'll just be helpful. And some days on the Saturday, I end up not needing it. Like I've been productive enough, but it right. just said so that it's on his radio on my husband. Mm-hmm. 
having, I send a calendar thing to him. So it's like on his calendar so that he knows, because if not, he'll totally forget. But it's like, <laughs> this is when, you know, Amy's going to leave the house because, it, and then, so I'm not resentful. So then mm-hmm. he'll, then he remembers. Because if not, you, like, you expect them to just always remember. I mean, again, different husbands have different personalities. Oh, yeah. But like for mine, I know that it doesn't, it's not malicious if he forgets, it's just his personality. Right. But, right. Um, the other thing I was going to mention that you spoke to, oh, about the time timing, knowing yourself. So I am a hundred percent a morning person. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't get it done by noon, like, you know, it's probably not going to get done, you know, and now I, and I've learned so that in the evening I do kind of fun stuff. Like I might make graphics, you know, if I'm going to kind of put some business time in, um, I'm, I'll like mess around on Canva making graphics. I'll do kind of like fun stuff, but I don't, I know I need to get like my writing or, you right. know, more thought the stuff, of the stuff. earlier. And mm-hmm. it's helped me. So I'm a gym person too. I take the kids to school. I go to the gym. I come home and usually the baby's ready for a nap. So, um, at least for now, you know, we'll never know when her nap schedule changes. But anyway, so, um, so I protected that morning. So I've said no to everything in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much. So I'm not, you know, I like I, a lot of my friends do Bible studies or do different things. And, you know, for a long time I had guilt, like I had to, that was a, an active choice that I had to push through. Like it, for this season of life, this is my time to work. And so I'm protecting that time. She's getting her nap and I'm working these, these hours. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so it's an intentional choice too, is just protecting that time mm-hmm. that where you do work best. I wish I was a morning person. I know so many people that are like, I'm a morning person. I get up at 4.30 or 5 and I get all this done before the kids are up. And I'm like, I wish I could be a morning. But I just, there's, I'm a night owl. I do my best work at night. I love it. And for me, I guess it's similar to the morning people is when it's quiet. And right now we're in the middle of like hunting season. My husband on the weekends, he goes duck hunting. And so on Fridays and Saturday nights, he's in bed by like eight o'clock because he gets up at four in the morning to go hunting. And honestly, I love those nights because I'm like, okay, it's Friday night. The kids are in bed. My husband's in bed. I don't have any obligations to anybody else. I put on episode like reruns of friends or some show I don't have to pay attention to, or I'll put on a podcast and I will just have a quiet house and I will knock out five or six different things on my list that I've been putting off. And it's just that time works for me. But I, I do get a little jealous of these people that are like, I love my mornings. I'm like, I wish I loved my mornings. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> but again, that comes down to knowing who you are. And if you are not a morning person, don't yeah. try to force yourself to do your work in the morning. If you're not a night person, don't try to force yourself to do work at night. So really knowing kind of who you are and what works best for you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. 
Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. And the other thing I'd add to you is um, like with the time blocking, like I've learned like to schedule time for fun. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I do like to watch This Is Us and Grey's Anatomy. And like, I'll have some shows that I'll tape. And so like on Friday nights, what I do, I've gotten this habit is we, um, you know, we have three little kids. So we don't, you know, sometimes we get up for a date night. Even if we get, up, get go on a date night, they're still usually home by like eight. Yeah. <laughs> so I do all the laundry during the day. Like I wash it all. And then on Friday nights, I fold the laundry and watch my shows. You yeah. know, and I might do something like make some images or whatever while I'm watching a show. But, um, but like you don't have to hustle all the time. You mm-hmm. can like take some time for fun, but you know, make it intentional. Um, and I think then, cause if you're just like watching all your shows and you know, you should be working, then you're just going to like feel like regret or yep. the guilt. You know, yeah. Guilt. Yeah. And it's not going to be as fun, but, um, doing well, that I know- is really fun. Yeah. I like the idea of scheduling the, the, and that sounds so unspontaneous to say I'm scheduling in some fun, but if I don't, because I do, I love my job. I love what I do. I could do it 24 seven. My, I'm constantly thinking about my business Mm -hmm. in some form or fashion. And so if I don't schedule that time. If I don't say, okay, tonight is not a working night at all. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to touch it. And I'm just going to enjoy sitting on the couch watching a movie with my kids or a date night with my husband. And we'll do sometimes like happy hour dates where it's like mm-hmm. we can still be home before a decent hour to put the kids to bed or do whatever. Yeah. But um, it, if I don't do that, I'll look up and weeks have gone by and I haven't done anything for myself or I haven't done anything that I, that I enjoy outside of work and my kids. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times as women, we forget that it's okay. Like give yourself permission to schedule something, whether it's a lunch with a girlfriend, a date night with your husband, or like you said, just a Friday night to fold laundry and watch your shows. You know, that's, that's relaxing. Like I, I was telling somebody, I was like, I, have I just want to sit on the couch and watch Hallmark movies, cheesy Hallmark <laughs> movies. Like that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't, I never allow myself to do that. So I need to make time for me to do that. So I, I think that's really smart. So tell us about the creating capacity. Tell me a little bit about what that is and how people can get involved with that or become part of what all the things you're doing. Yes. Well, I have a website, which is amymariehan.com. And I'll link to that in the show notes. They'll have all that just quick and easy. Click on it and go. Awesome. And you can find me um, on Facebook, 
my Facebook and Instagram are both Amy Marie Hand, but then I also have a creating capacity page on Facebook. So the vision is really out of a lot of my experience reading in the fields, but um, you know, because I have so many friends who are trying to figure this out, trying to figure out life. And I don't think it's something that you just figure figure out. Like, you know, you and I have been on our journeys. We're still learning, we're still growing, we're still figuring out mm-hmm. how to grow into the best version of ourselves. And so that's just really a community of women who are who are all in that together. And so um, so each month I'll create an ebook uh, of around a specific to- topic. So, um, you know, the things I know we're going to cover time blocking, um, capsule wardrobe will just basic, you know, home stuff like our, just our systems for like meal planning and, um, you know, laundry and, and a lot of that stuff. Kind of the, the vision is really the more of these things that are just natural habits Mm -hmm. that, you know, like for me, like I always do my laundry on Fridays. I don't stress out when I see the full laundry because I know I do that on Fridays. Um, so it's, lightening the mental load. So the more of these things that are just habits and disciplines that you always do it. And I am, I'll tell you, I am not disciplined. Like if there's one thing that like, I wish I was better at, I wish I was disciplined, but Uh I have learned to be disciplined. So I believe that, that, um, I believe in a growth mindset that you can learn to do anything. And so no matter where you are on the spectrum of organized, you know, I think the hot mess thing is not a genetic predisposition you can learn to, um, you know, put things in practice to simplify your life, to make decisions so that you have a capacity for more, so that you have your life is more organized, you have some systems and habits in place. And so it's a continual process. So each month we'll kind of take a look at something specific. Um, and then you kind of get to choose your own adventure in terms of like where, where, what changes you can implement that month. So we'll empower you and help you to kind of determine, you know, how to apply that to your life. And then, um, you know, just focus on small changes and habits, habits over time to, to really lead to that significant transformation to give you, um, you know, that capacity for more. So, um, and then there's just lots of encouragement and support. Um, we will, we'll have a Facebook group, but then there's also on my website, once you um, become a member, you'll have access to the portal with, um, you know, all the back resources that exist and, um, yeah, just support, supporting the journey. I love that. I think that's awesome. And I love what you said too, about, you know, kind of creating your own story. And I think for me, I look, I listen to all those things you said, and I love the idea of meal planning and I love the idea of creating a schedule. And I love the, I love the idea of all these things. But what I tend to do is I tend to jump in a hundred percent and go, I'm going to completely revamp our schedule. I'm going to be the most organized person. And then it lasts for like a week and then I'm back to like, you know, square one. And so I think it's great that you're kind of doing it a little bit at a time so that people can not have to feel like they have to do everything and you can kind of pick and choose what works best for your family and your work schedule and your life. I think that's really smart. I love it. And so many of the things, you know, change with seasons. So what works this year might not work in January once, mm-hmm. you know, ice skating or whatever starts or right, yeah. whatever changes your kids, you know, like it seems like each quarter our lives change. And so mm-hmm. it's developing those disciplines and habits. And I kind of think about it like, you know, my goal is for each week to, to equip you so that you have at least one hour, you know, one new hour of, um, something that you, you know, if you were 
spending 15 minutes a day worried about what you're making for dinner. If you are organized with your meal planning and that gives you an extra hour, yeah. then, um, you know, so it's, I just think an incremental growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah, so you already kind of mentioned, but you said people can find you on Facebook, you have your website and then you'll have the, um, creating capacity Facebook page as well. And yep. I will link to all of those in the show notes so that people can find you and follow you and join your membership program and just start organizing all the things they want to organize in their life and getting on top of it and not feeling so overwhelmed. I think that's a big thing. If we can not feel so overwhelmed, then that's a huge weight off of our shoulders. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a fun chat. I love hearing your story and connecting with you. And I think you have so many amazing things to share with us and we just kind of scratched the surface today. So people can definitely hop on board with you and, and learn a lot more. Well, thank you so much for bringing me on yeah. and it's so fun to connect with you. You and too. I look forward to following along on the podcast and hearing other stories on here. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much, Amy, for all of your tips. I'm sure we'll be putting those into place ASAP as these kids drive us nuts these days. Guys, if you want to follow along more with Amy, get any of her info or downloads, just head to the show notes and go follow her on all of her social media accounts and check out her website. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. (laughs) 